We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody up. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today is producer co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. What's up, guys? Two podcasts in the last two days. Look at us. We are in content order. Our usage rate is through the roof today. Also joining us today is our professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. Back in business. Back in business, baby. The season has started. We are doing content again. We are out here. Thanks to the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure to check out our family of shows. And today, joining us is a very special guest. Joining us on the program today is the one and only Miami Heat's own Solomon Hill. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. I really appreciate it. No, dude, we are so excited to have you. Retired. So the so for the audience that doesn't know, the way that this like kind of reunion joining happened was Solomon Hill wanted some anime wrecks. On Twitter, um, Brian, our producer, knows that I'm, I'm a big anime fan, so he he kind of hit up Solomon Hill. He's like, yo, you should come well, on the show. We gotta take we'll this way back. That. We gotta take this way back. Back in media day, we've been trying to find a single player on, on the Miami Heat who loves anime. And we've been looking everywhere. We've probably asked six or seven players in the last two years, and you are the only one that we've found so far, Solomon. Solomon, Tyler Hill, Tyler Johnson told me that it's not his thing. I asked Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek's like, nah, man. Derek... Derek said no. I've been trying, man. We've been trying to find Jay someone. Rich only liked one, he saw one episode of One Piece and he wasn't about it. <laughs> the only person on the team was KZ. I actually asked KZ during a preseason game in Orlando and he said he liked Naruto and his favorite character was Orochimaru. Okay. We need to get KZ on the court, man. But we'll get into that later. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, we got a hashtag free KZ. We're big on KZ on the show. Yeah, like we, yeah, we, we, know, know. We was actually uh, we was working out together earlier. 
you know, he just turned 21. It's pretty crazy just to see. Uh, he's very excited about his development here. I think he's he has the potential to do a lot of great things, especially with his size. Um, you know, and once he just all he knows is Miami Heat's basketball, Miami Heat culture. Things are going to work out for him for sure. We were hoping to see him on the court yesterday, but I guess we'll probably see him on Saturday, hopefully. Yeah, man. I, I, you know what? It's pretty crazy now that we have a uh, we have everybody um, we've had everybody here. So you know, it's tough. He has to kind of just earn his keep and. It'll come. His time will, will come. I think we saw a good show, especially played in Sacramento. We was able to watch film on his game previously against Sacramento, and um, you know it, it's really crazy seeing a 21 year old kid, like seeing just seeing the kids that we have around our team. Pretty crazy, dude. Have you seen like the fan base is banging the table for him? Like he's not getting in the game, and everyone's screaming like, "Yo, where's KZ?" Like, I did not know. Like this feels like Winslow's rookie season. How much the fan base was into getting him on the court? Like, do y'all are y'all like aware of that? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. People, people love KZ. He fans love KZ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, he's in the right place for sure. Uh, his time will come. You, you know, it's one thing to see him from like the, the outside, but uh, I, I believe and I believe in full heartedly that they they know what they're doing with. Him. So you, you'll see him when he's when he's ready to to be showcased, and that may be the next game for sure. We are we are excited for that. So I kind of wanted to start. We're gonna get into the fun stuff later, but I, I kind of wanted to start on a really serious note. So like. I think the NBA has gone out of its way to really promote social issues, especially for its players. I mean, most of its players are black and I think the NBA is really trying to give you guys a platform. So I'm kind of wondering like, how have you feel like the league has done kind of going into the bubble, having black lives matter on the court. I know that for a lot of players on the heat, it's very personal. It's a little too close to home. And Jimmy Butler had, uh, they had it on the broadcast, a really great uh, conversation that he had. So I kind of want to know your thoughts on how the league's handling this. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Um, but there can be, there can be so much more done. Uh, you know, when you're talking about, uh, just the whole makeup of the NBA, um, and how we hold, how we hold people accountable, you know, um, for instance, there was a football player recently who was wrongfully tested and I want to say arrested. Um, because the officer said, saw that he he said he saw a beer can in his lap, and there came to be no beer can, no blood alcohol level. Oh, Ed Oliver, beer. yeah, I saw that Ed, story. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know you're in a situation where before it even comes out, the verdict comes out. You know, people want him off the, off the team. They want him, you know, they want him gone. He's like a bad look to the team. And in certain cases, even if he it was illegally done, um, and we got a DWI, you know, you would everybody would be okay with them removing him. Uh, but when it comes to ownership and you have, you know, Jim Mercy and he yep. goes and he's had, he has like all type of drugs in this, in his system. Um, well, if that was a player, that player would be kicked out of the league. That player would not have any chance of possibly making it back. Cause once you, you know, once you have that tab on you, it's kind of hard to get with another team. Um, and so with the NBA, what they're doing is it's it's a little accountability. It's a start. That's why I say it's a step in the right direction. Um, but it has to be checked at all levels. You know, when we're talking about people that are CEOs of this team, we want them to be in line with, you know, some of the basic principles. You know, we're not asking for everybody in, in the whole organization to be African American. No, we're just asking for basically respecting the same rights as everybody else. You know, we want the same rights, and that's not just by law, you know, during a, a traffic stop, that's the ability to, um, you know, be a part of a team, coach a team, you know, do film for a team, um, even try to partake in like what Kevin Garnett is doing in ownership in the team. Um, you know, the whole Clipper thing uh, happened with Donald Sterling and, you know, they kind of made, you know, made an example of him, made him sell his team. But what it did is it put other people in a sense like a more caution shock of being like, okay, well, I possibly have to keep a tighter lip service or I have to be quiet about um, my views as opposed to, you know, me owning the team. Uh, what he was doing is he was being completely honest. You know, it was, yeah, it was, you know, morally wrong, but how many other people in that position uh, probably possibly feel the same way? And, you know, um, as we talk about like owners, as far as players, you know, I, I kind of try to say CEO as much as possible because this is yeah. a business. You know, when you say when you say somebody's an owner, you know, when we look at how we live, I own my house, I own my car, 
you know, I own my dog, but I'm never going to say I own my wife or I own anything, you know, any family member. I don't own my kids. You know, it's a, it's a relationship. Um, and one thing that's really been great for me personally is I've been a part of um, really great situations, but we need that full circle. You know, we, we want that full circle on uh, 365 because like we were saying, talking about KZ, KZ was on the team. I mean, he's been in Miami Heat since he was 20 years old. That's a young man. You know, we're basically in a situation where you have these organizations raising these young men uh, and the examples that they see day to day has a big reflection on who they are. And it's dope to be in Miami because Miami has people that have been there 20 plus years. And so it's yeah. really cool um, and very understanding. Uh, but the NBA has, they definitely have some, some ways to go, but they're one of the more proactive organizations or businesses out there. And I'm, I'm proud to be a player of it. I feel like it's tough. Like I know us as fans, I know that we, you know, we're like primarily and, and we love the sport and we love basketball and we love it because of the players and everything. So I know that sometimes fans can be like, well, you know, like, oh, hashtag woke league, right? In reality, like these giant corporations are, you know, that some of the stuff that's kind of appear bare minimum. Um, and I, I guess it's a start, but I, you know, I know that I've been really critical of, of the league about doing, you know, doing more than just having a Black Lives Matter sticker on the court. Like, where are the dollars? You know, how are you helping your players? You know, for um, sure, for sure. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, that's that's huge in the success of any community. Um, you know, when. You know, I just had a, a agent that worked with my agency, uh, Omar Wilkes, and he's the head of basketball now at Clutch. And when you talk about as a any professional or basketball, I'll say basketball in general, when you come into the league, you have to take a look at who do you spend when, out of your check? Who do you cut a check for, you know, your top, your first three people? Other than yourself, you know, your agent more than likely um, may be white, uh, your financial advisor. If you have a manager, you know, you get into this pattern of majority of our dollars don't even go to our own communities. Um, when we do come from these places, and that's why I'm huge on education. When we come from these places that we come from, and it's like the story of we've made it, you usually make it out. You don't want to stay where you are. And so the money that you do make doesn't even stay in your community. It goes into another community that you have to move to. Um, and we wasn't even like, I would say personally, I wasn't taught you know, how the dollar really works as far as when you generate it, where does it go after, you know, who's benefited from it. Um, we're, I wasn't taught that in my school. And it's probably a reason why I wasn't taught that. Um, but that's huge, you know, in order to keep that money, you know, people talk about uh, generational wealth, and group economics, that's a huge part of it. You know, you want those tax dollars to go back into your community, to go to those schools, to go to, you know, um, local things that help your community grow instead of everybody finding success, taking those dollars and going somewhere else where it benefits people that may not look like you. You may be in a minority. I know for a fact in my neighborhood, um, I'm definitely a minority. Um, and it, it maybe I know of one other African-American couple out of the like 200 houses around my area. Um, so it, it's, it, it does go there. It's not just about the NBA and people say the locally, well, a lot of guys have a lot of free time on their hands. You know, when you're going to these places, you play a game the rest of the day, even if you have shoot around, you have a lot to being able to digest it, learn as much as you can. Yeah, people are um, being they are able to make uh, decisions and becoming more socially conscious. Is that why you chose education as the back of your jersey? For sure, for sure. I don't, you know, I I, I would love to get to me and my wife when we're back home. We drive to areas. You know, like we drive to Brentwood, we drive like Beverly Hills, Bel Air. We just, we just like driving around and seeing the different communities and how different it was from where we are. Like I'm from South Central, she's from Compton. Um, and just seeing, you know, hypothetically thinking like who makes up the, like, not just the skin color, but what jobs make up the people that live in these areas. Yeah. You know, these are areas that some areas we like, we couldn't even live here if we wanted to. So what what is it that they do? Are these all everybody's a lawyer and everybody's a doctor or it started, from you know, their great grandfather was able to make an honest living and then it just trickled down. And that's where we're talking about ownership. And we're like, what are we missing? And then we go back to our areas, our schools. If you, if you can just take a group of kids, you just take 100 kids and you pluck them from 
these schools within these zip codes. Like if you go around my area, as opposed to the areas that we're visiting, I'm pretty sure if you can look at, you know, how much money is going to be generated from the jobs that those groups work, I'm pretty sure my area is going to lack, you know, and that's going to be because at the education level, we're not given the same opportunities as other places. And when you lack as a student, as a young child, that's going to, that sets you up for the future. You know, you're not going to, if your school doesn't have AP classes or, you know, if your school is behind with textbooks, the textbooks are old or the ability to learn how you, if that lacks, you know, you're basically setting up children um, for a lesser future. I don't, I don't know the exact term, but you're definitely not setting them up for the same success as other zip codes and other areas. And that, that affects me a lot because I'm a student of that. I felt like the only way that I could make it was playing basketball because nobody in my neighborhood was the doctor or, you know, nobody was going to be able to be a doctor without grants and scholarships. And so we're all fighting for um, a limited amount of opportunities. Um, and it never really works out well when you can't take care of the youth. Man, like when you when you said a couple of minutes ago about like your your money, like the money like you got out, your money is going to your agent to like if you, if you live in Coconut Grove, right? Your property taxes are are helping in a, a primarily affluent white neighborhood, right? Like you're not yeah. helping out the kids in Liberty City, the kids in Overtown, the kids mm-hmm. in Little Haiti, right? All that all that stuff. So, and that's something I've never really thought of how like, you know, even even wealthy people of color, like their money is not you know, those tax dollars, your, your money to your agent, that stuff is not your, even your, your yeah. apartment or all that stuff. It's not going back into your community, like not by default. Right. So nope. w- when, when a kid in, in Overtown, right. Like my, my high school, like I live in like a very middle-class area of Miami. I live in Kendall. Your right? high school, our high school, I, our high school, right? <laughs> my high school, right. Like we have tablets now. I see like kids with tablets at the school. Right. Yeah, and I know that like, that for sure. Bro, like in in lower income areas, like those kids don't get tablets. I, I wouldn't have doing during yeah, COVID. I, I got a MacBook in my senior year for like that iPrep Academy. That Bro, yeah. how, how are kids yeah. supposed to learn during COVID when there's no money in these schools in these less affluent, less low income areas? Like that's not for sure, for sure. I mean, and that's all. It's all connected. We even I even learned like even similarities with you know some of the police officers of that city. You know, when you're talking about a, a well-paid police officer, some of them don't stay in those areas. You know, even if they come from those areas, when you obtain a certain amount of wealth, you want to move out. So even our tax dollars that are paying, you know, um, that are paying for police officers and policing in certain areas, mm-hmm. then those dollars go out again. You know what I'm saying? So even the people that are paying taxes within that city, they're, the, the money that they're paying, the tax dollars that are being brought in from the officers that work that city, they live somewhere else. So that money disperses. And it's like you said, those are, you know, we're living in an age now where computers, it's like everything, you know, it's, I'm like, even I, I stopped playing my PlayStation. I got a PC now, you know, I was talking to Myers about it, yeah. you know, or Grayson. And I was just like, man, I need a PC. You know, I'm kind of, I want the graphics. I want all that. But it's been people that have been playing PC for so long. I remember the first time I've ever played PC was with, my friend Jason Wheeler and I stayed up all night playing Diablo, just like all night singing to myself like this is so cool. This is I can't play this on PlayStation. But those are that's those are little things that give an advantage. Period. Like I remember I went to predominantly um, white middle school and we had a computer club. So I'm playing StarCraft. That's kind of where like my love for you know things different or even anime in a sense came from because I was able to go after school and play. Starcraft at the computer club. Once I turned, we moved to South Central. It was just like computer club. Like you're lucky <laughs> enough to even have a computer class, and those are very much um, advantages to to certain areas. I mean, man, you said you had a, a MacBook your senior year, and that's you know I didn't get a MacBook till I went to college, and even then I didn't I know how sad. to. I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> I had to return it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first time around a Mac was a. Uh, was my freshman year in college because we was able to spend like a certain amount of money uh, on like textbooks or something that we needed for school. And all of us went and got computers. It was like, it was, we had to, everybody got computers. <laughs> got to study film. That's what you need the computers for. You got to study film. <laughs> <laughs> and type papers and all that. But it was just, it was so cool to have your own computer. 
So kind of kind of transitioning from your college years. So you get drafted to the Indiana Pacers, right? So that was the last year of the of the big three heat, right? And they played a seven game series that year. Your rookie yep. season. You remember that? Like, do you, do you, yeah. like, Matt, let me tell you, I like people. I know that there's a lot of talk about, oh, rivalries are dead, this and that. Bro, that was a legit. I mean, at least as a fan, I felt that I don't like Pacer fans. I don't want the Pacers to win. You know, I was right. Like, how did that, that feel? Was so real. That was real. It was real, dude. You know what? I had a discussion about this, I think, yesterday. Because um, I was watching uh, Bobby Jackson play the Kings. And I was watching Bobby Jackson just pass. And I was talking to Coach Lee, and I was like, man, I remember watching Bobby Jackson versus the Lakers, like, you know, the Kings and Lakers. But then I thought about it, and I was like, man, was that really a rivalry? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it, was. Yeah. it was. It was a rivalry. It was they, a rivalry. Never, they never got over the hump. You know, it was like the Lakers, like, they would push, they were the team that pushed the Lakers at that point. And for, for me in Indiana, it kind of felt like, even though my first year, we had the best record in the NBA. That's something, like, I always we had the best defense. We wasn't, like, supreme scoring team but it was so cool to hold people onto like 75 points it was the coolest thing ever but then it was just like then we ran to miami and it was the way like, when i watched it the year before we ran to miami and it was just like it, it didn't matter how good we were to everybody else we could beat everybody else but we ran into miami oh you have no clue how terrified we were of roy hibbert though terrified yeah, you know it, for sure terrified, but he's it, just never like it would have been different if like my my rookie year, we got over that hump. Like we we beat you guys, we got over that hump, we went to the finals, and then we clashed again because then that that's what gives it the true that true rivalry for me. Like it was really like we pushed you guys to the, we we almost gave you the warm up for the finals. Like we, <laughs> we pushed you guys to the limit. You know, a lot of people in Indiana may give me some slack, but that's I, I remember that was our whole thing the whole year was let's get the number one seed, let's get home court advantage, we can beat this team at home and I think we lost the first game and it was so like that was we spent our whole season trying to get the best record to have the home field, home advantage we we get to the series and we're like we wanted all this to get home court advantage and we lose the first game like it was kind of like just so deflating so deflating can you put me in the locker room after that loss like what's that like it was the second game. You know, I think was, I think you guys lost. Yeah, so second game, yeah. It second was. No, it was. We still were locked into being like you know, you know, we can still we we still felt like we could win this for sure, but it was still that feeling of being like, hey, we were the best. Actually, had the, like the best record at home. It was just like we. This is the one place that we don't lose. Um, but we still optimistic, very optimistic. You know, we were just glad that we had our team uh, and some of the guys that we had in the locker room. They were still. A lot of vets, so they were just like you know having deep West was like we've been here before. This is nothing new, uh, but it was just cool for me because I'm thinking like, man, this is this is what you play basketball for. I don't care if I'm playing two minutes or or whatever. This is what I've seen on TV. Like this is the tense moment. We walk in, you see the all white. You know, people showing. I never saw somebody show up late to like I'm like man, it's these cops. <laughs> game, and it's like it's like nobody's here yet. I'm like, where's everybody? And, you know, some guys like, don't, don't worry, they'll be here. And then just seeing it all, uh, you know, seeing D-Wade run down to the end and doing his thing. Uh, it was, I think it was something I'll always remember, for sure. Always. You you mentioned D-West. I'll never forget. I don't remember if it was in the 2014 series or the 2013 series, but when D-West and Udonis got into it. Oh, yeah. You told I, me, yeah, too. Yeah. Bro, two guys, man. Two of the most are... real people right, in the who's league. Who's more tougher between those two? Who's, who's tougher? I'm not answering that <laughs> question. You're <laughs> sick. You know, some sick people right there. I'm not uh, answering that question. I mean, we know it's Udonis. It's okay. It's a, then it's... I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear Udonis like, hey, I heard this you said, man. You heard it. <laughs> Yo, so... Now, now we're on a team with Jimmy Butler, right? I want, I want a good Jimmy Butler story because I listen. I've seen Jimmy. We've seen Jimmy in practice. We've covered the team. We know that he's a fun guy. Can you give us a good Jimmy Butler story? I know you just um, got there, but you know, I don't, I don't really know if I, if I have one. Like, I mean, not yet, just, not just, yet. just being around him. I mean, giving us the basketball courts was that was different. That was very thoughtful. Um, you know. That thing is set up in my backyard now, but I don't know. I, I just think it's 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 really cool having him around um, and being around him. Uh, you know, he likes phase ten. I thought they were like talking <laughs> about they were they were super competitive. Like he was talking to 
to Jay and UD and Goran. I was like, you know, I'm thinking they're talking about dominoes because they play dominoes too. And I was just like, oh, maybe it would be better to. And then he was just like, uh, UD was just like, we playing like some, we playing some bogus ass Uno. Man, I don't even know what we playing. And, and, and Jimmy said phase 10. And I was like, oh, I love phase 10. I actually like try to force my family members to play phase 10. And I was just like, I was thinking in my head when he was having this conversation, I'm thinking, they must be like really competing, like betting for dominoes. Like he must be getting really after it. They're talking about phase 10 this whole time. Um, I just thought that was pretty neat as somebody that plays phase 10. So. I think he's just a, it's it's hard to just pin one story because it's kind of just just being around him in general. There's like a mythology around him. I think ever since the bit of I mean, I, I, like here in Miami, I think it's kind of interesting because the first time Jimmy Butler like really came out was I think he played Alex. What was it? He played three straight games. He played 48 minutes in all three playoff games when he was a bull. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. It was something so like, like that. It was a ridiculous. Our like, introduction. Was that right? Then you have the whole Minnesota thing happen, and then you come, and he's like the best locker room guy. I do, I do hear he plays country though. I, I do hear he plays a lot of country. Oh man, yeah, he sure does. I mean, that's that's who he is. Man. I've never, you that's know, I've never been a Tom Ball. I've never been a Tom Ball. Tom Ball just sounds like you have to play some country music, like riding in the Tom Ball. So I mean, um, yeah, that's his thing for sure. Because it's cool. It's, it's cool with like taking on the other side with KZ. KZ's a younger guy from the West Coast. And uh-huh. so I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, he understands. Okay, I'm not tripping, but <laughs> I can see I tell KZ, like, KZ, if you if you become the man and you want them to play LA music, they're gonna play LA music. So it's like, you know, you gotta this a balance. If Jimmy listens to the country and that's something they listen to, we're gonna listen to country. So y'all simulated I yeah, simulated sure. it. <laughs> well, it's just like, hey man, it's it's different. And um, it's actually it's pretty it's pretty dope and then it's refreshing. Because it's just something that uh, I'm not used to. How okay. true is that that story where Jimmy was was getting a knock from a from a hotel security person because he was dribbling his basketball during quarantine? You know, Tell I wouldn't me. be surprised. Um, we didn't. Nobody really said anything, but that's just no one clowned him. Is, man. No one clowned him. <laughs> it's like it's almost like in Miami Heat culture. It's almost like why wasn't it you that got caught? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's where it's kind of just like everybody was like. Damn, I should have been driven. Like they should have came. Not Jimmy got the jump. Jimmy got the Dude, how true yeah. is that story that Spolstra was telling about uh, you guys were like having dinner like through your balcony because you know uh, Bam and Kendrick couldn't join y'all? Can you like tell us about that? Because Eric talked a little bit about that post game yesterday. And I'm, I'm you guys confused. saw him through like the window or something. You guys like waved at them or something. Oh, I know. K Nun can see us because yeah, he's so he can see us from the window. If he's still in quarantine. <laughs> No. Um, no, no, they, 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 know it was reported. I think Barry Jackson reported because yeah. they came on Tuesday, so I think it's was it 36, 48 hours, something like that. Barry Jackson oh, yeah, said yeah, that they're ready to go. So. It depends because it's like it, it depends, but no, they're yeah, they're ready to go, man. Those guys are, um, those guys are yo. So I think K9, I don't know, Bam, they have the same window, but it's kind of set up uniquely where you can see out to the middle, and the middle is like where we had um, a little team thing, uh, which is pretty dope. Um, for yeah, the audience yeah, that yeah. doesn't know, Solomon Hill's looking out his window, right? <laughs> In Disney yeah, World. Yeah, I was looking at the, yeah. <laughs> he like the spot where yeah, we can all see the... Uh, the Grand Destino yeah. Tower in Disney World. Because you can either, you can either be looking at the, uh, the parking lot, or yeah. you can be looking at like the inside of the resort. So luckily, um, I got the inside. Luckily, I got the nice. inside. So now how's, how's the bubble? I mean, how's the bubble been? Like, what are y'all doing to keep busy? What are y'all watching? Like, how how is this working out? Just, you just wake up and figure it out, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's quarantine life, dude. It's yeah, it's our new you reality. Just go day by day. It's, it could have been, they could have definitely uh, made a TV show about this. I'm kind of upset that they didn't like sign some waivers and have guys sign something about the TV Where's show. Where's NBA TV? This is easy content. Easy content. Um, I don't golf. I think I'm going to pick it up. I have enough time. Not pick it up, but like go out to the driving range and yeah, try it out yeah. a little bit. Any fishing? I see, like, uh, former Heat player Josh oh, that, Richardson that, doing a lot of fishing. I don't think they have fishing at the Grand Destino Tower. It's all no, on the Grand Floridian. No, actually, they do. They, they do. They do? They can fish you, yeah. Um, but I just kind of feel like I'd be catching the same fish as everybody else. <laughs> so I'm like, man, like, I first would be like, man, you got mad holes in your lips. Uh, but I don't think we're restocking the fish every day. That's that's what I had read. <laughs> oh, I would. Um, I Yo, would they're doing surprised. what? They're just I, feeding fish to players to catch. Yeah, I heard a media member there in the bubble talking about how they're restocking the they're restocking the lakes before the guys got there. 
Where are they getting the fish? That's crazy, man. Yo, that's so funny. Fish, NBA, man. They got connections. So wait, like, are y'all eating? Like, are y'all, like, hunting? What's going on here? No, uh, uh, see, I, I, I don't know if they can keep it. I doubt they can eat those fish. Yeah, that's like a lawsuit. Something happened. We're just tossing it back. And, you know, yeah. I think Ben Simmons had a funny one, though. He caught it. He missed. And the fish, yeah, he, he just threw it. I ain't gonna lie. If the fish, like, kind of wiggle on me, I'd probably drop it, too. Yeah, I'm scared of fish. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't, I don't do fish. I love the ocean, but I don't do fish like that. Yeah. I, don't, um, I don't like the ocean. I don't, fish, I don't like the ocean. Yeah, so, I do like you guys the, have like all have your own floor, or how is it separated by you guys in the teams? Because yeah, it's not just you, it's, 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 it's the top eight teams in both the East and West Conference or mm-hmm. top eight teams, top four seeds. Is this like Dante's Inferno that the higher you get up, the better the team? No, <laughs> no, that okay. could be right. Yeah, because you're on the one, the okay, so yeah, no, it's not like that. So apparently, like the whether you guys look inward, the window looks towards the parking lot or towards the center of the hotel is kind of it seems kind of randomized, right? Do you think that's something that could come up later in the playoffs? Is some chemistry issue between teams? Guys <laughs> oh start beeping God, over, over the, <laughs> the window. As long as well, see, the one thing that people don't know is since you can't go in other, each other's room, the other person shouldn't see your view. The only time I've seen that uh, view is because the training room. So if nobody's in your room, they won't be able to see what they're missing out on. All right, guys, so there's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you want even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, pokers tournament, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, blue wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. This episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They work with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. And unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. I just received my ladder package in the mail, and I'm not one for pre-workouts, but this one tasted and felt amazing. It gave me all the energy I needed for that last set, and it made all the difference in my workout. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use code HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. That's HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. All right, Solomon. This is the reason why you're here. This is this is the moment I've been waiting for since I started covering the team in 2013. This is what I've been dying to do. Solomon Hill, what anime are you watching? What do you like? I want to give you I want to give you a recommendation, but I need to know your body of work. What do you well, like? Let me, let me make sure I can take some notes. So, um, <laughs> we can always listen to podcasts. So we'll send you the, in the chat. We'll send you I'll exactly. Send you, what you listen, I'll give you all the information. This sure. my time has come. Let me do my work. I'm a producer. <laughs> So, um, I just oh wait, so I read Attack on Titan, okay, uh, good. Fire Force, good stuff. Um, I was I was a big fan of Hunter Hunter. He's too inconsistent. I mean, I know he has some things going on, but when they got to the Dark Continent, it became like a science project, <laughs> and it kind of was just like a, a little too much. Um, so I you're just like legit, like you, like you know tight, like you know stuff, like you're not just like casually watch, like you you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in there. I mean, even One Punch, even when One they switched, they switched the animation after the first because that led me into Mob Psycho. Oh, uh, Mob's good. Mob's good. Mob's good. Yeah, I read Mob, um, Bleach, uh, Naruto, Black Clover, and I want to say uh, My Hero. Yeah, Here's I read My good. Hero now. So uh, I gotta ask: Have you seen Ghoul? any of the Fates here? Have you seen any of yeah, the Fates here? You know what? I watched. I watched the first one. It was Which on is Netflix. the first one? There's, like, like, there's a ton. See, it's like, yeah, I don't know even know if it's the first one. Um, I can pull it up. Because it was pretty, that was pretty crazy. Because you, like you had the Hunter, Assassin, you know, that was, it was some crazy stuff going on. So Fate Zero is like the they, one I always tell people to start with. That's the one you like? That's the one I like the most because there's there's unlimited Blade Works and then there's Fate Zero. Fate Zero is technically a prequel, but I think it's better to start with it anyway. 
sure. My dreams are coming true. I'm are you going through Crunchyroll? How do you watching your anime? Do you have a Miami <laughs> yeah, list? I go, I go uh, Crunchyroll, and I'm watching One Piece now. Somebody said One Piece, so I'm trying to. That's long, Alabasta. 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 That's, that's an investment. It is. You know what? And I'm. I don't know if I'm ready. Oh, the only man, thing that's keeping me is Zoro. Like I would like to see everybody speaks highly of Zoro. Oh, he's here. Uh, you know, so I'd like to see that. That. that the that Twitter stands are the Twitter. Have you seen them. ReZero? So that's someone I just actually watched. No, that that one's actually really popular. It's about a guy that goes into a different world, and he kind of there's some sort of time loop situation going on. Uh, like, it's, it's kind of in a fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I I I just saw that one. I don't know if you're like a sub or dub guy, uh, but there's both a sub oh, and I'm a big dub. Sub. I, oh, I, big sub. I can't I can't do dub, bro. It's it's not. It's for me. It's different, man. Like I'm. Oh, we all tried <laughs> to watch uh, One Piece, and I'm like, I can hear Krillin and Vegeta. You know, like, I, I know it's the same. I know it's the same, and I'm just. I, yeah, I'm I'm more sub than anything. You can't I'm, be more. Listen, yeah, that's fair. I, I can't do that, man. Wow, I can't. I listen. I I'm a big watcher. I like both, but I I like I, I listen. I enjoy a good dub, and I get called out on Twitter all the time for this. So I'm glad to know that you're part of the people calling me. I'm known for my bad takes, so I'm glad. I'm, I'm oh, glad that you're part of that. I like the Sword Art Online. Oh, that was that, that was pretty cool. That was pretty. You know, it ended up leading me into uh, that movie. Uh, they had a movie like that. Steve was it Steven Spielberg's movie? Oh, um, is it uh, Let's Play or? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of like that was that was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, I'm very open to. Uh, there's another one I just watched, Demon Slayer. I like Demon Slayer. Oh, yeah. So I, actually, I feel like they cut that really close, but I I, I enjoy reading it. So I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you these call it recommendations. So for sure, uh, if you haven't seen Fate Zero, 100 recommend Fate Zero. Also, ReZero, we're going to send you because some of the names are similar. Oh, yeah, you're going to send me stuff. Okay, perfect. I'm going to send you stuff. I'm going to send you stuff. Okay. This one's a bit of a wild card. So this is uh, this it's it's a film series, but they're kind of like short films, so they're like an hour each one. And mm-hmm. it's called Kara no Kyokai. It's on Crunchyroll. And it's by the same okay. studio that did uh, Demon Slayer. So you have that like same okay. level of like really okay. like slick animation. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty dark. So I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know how you do with like dark ass stories, but it's, I did. I mean, I did. I feel like it was a Tokyo ghoul. I feel like that one, yeah, was, yeah. that one was pretty dark for like, for what I've watched. That one was pretty dark. My wife liked that one too. So I, I have no problem. Uh, and I'm going to give yeah. you one more. I'm going to give you psychopaths. I don't know if you've seen psychopaths. No, I haven't yet. It's so I think, I think especially right now, it has a lot of social commentary on like police and, and how like we view institutions of, of power and stuff like that. And I think it has mm-hmm. a lot of real smart things to say. And it's also like really actiony and there's stuff going on and there's, it has, it, it asks a lot of worldly questions and it's, that one's okay. on Netflix. I'm pretty, I know it's on Crunchyroll too, but I'm pretty sure it's also on Netflix. Okay. So I'm going to give those, we're going to DM those. Those are sauce. We got Fate cool. Zero, ReZero, Car no Kyokai, and Psychopaths. I'm, I'm putting my name I on that. That's that's I'm enough good. to get you through October. That's enough. That, because you're, you're definitely gonna be in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're gonna make it For to the sure. finals. Yeah, yeah. And then if if once once you guys finish game two of the finals after you go up 2-0 against the Lakers, you can come back and I'll give you more if you need more. Come back and give me another one. Yeah, yeah I'll give you. All, we'll we'll keep replenishing. Do you have a movie recommendation that's an anime? Because I know you like a lot of the studio. Oh, I've been movies. watching a lot of older films, man. Um, so. I just recently saw Akira, which is a, a Mamoru Otomo film from the 80s. I think I, yeah, I think I, I saw something about that. Uh-huh. Akira is good. I just saw Princess Mononoke. So I'm not a big Ghibli guy, but I like Mononoke and kind of it's how it really dealt with environmentalism. I thought it did so in a really tact way. What's the one that, that was nominated for, um, was it Best Anime Picture or an Oscar or something recently? Um, well, my favorite film is A Silent Voice, which is on Netflix. That's more of like, yo, if you want a good cry... Like if you like want a really good cry, uh, it's about the story of a deaf girl who was bullied as a kid by by a boy, and he kind of comes back into her life later and tries to make amends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. I know that the it's also a manga. The manga cup um, was constantly in contact with with people who are deaf, and and it was it's quite a well, beautiful that's story. Well, that's, that's, that's dope. That's so if you dope. like if you want like like cry time, I a silent voice. <laughs> yeah, I do uh, for sure because I got my wife's watching um, Attack on Titan now, and I told her I'll wait. I'll wait because it's crazy where I left off, like the last chapter, um, as opposed to where she is. So she hasn't seen Aaron Park. And, are you like, ready? Uh, yeah, he goes, are you ready uh, for the next season? Are you ready for the last season? Oh, for sure. 
like I'm, that's what I said. Like I'm, I've just read. I just went on and just started reading because um, I couldn't wait. I still can't wait. I don't feel like it's so many. It's so many of them that are, are not going to be able to show me exactly what I'd rather just read yeah. myself. Um, but definitely, definitely ready. He's a different dude, man. That guy is. Uh, he's pretty. Good. I think like seeing that from him and then Miriam, Miriam from Hunter, Hunter from Hunter Hunter. Those are like my favorite. Those are my favorite anime characters. Yo, Kill- I, love, like, I love Killua, dude. I haven't seen like too much of Hunter Hunter. Killua, he's smooth. Dark. He comes from a he comes from a, a, a crazy family. Excuse my language, but he nah, comes dude, from. A, is, we say whatever you curse. Family, there, you no, dude. He. Yeah, that's, I'll edit it out later. He's legit. He's, he's legit. Yeah, I love he's, that guy. he's dope, bro. Killua, he's very from where, especially like from where he came. He like he comes from his family. Like when you see his grandpa and his pops and his brother, like even his. I want to say it's like his sister. They they didn't really like say uh, the one that um, I think she can negate powers or she can do something so crazy. But no, nah, he's I, okay. dope. And just seeing them, seeing those guys are dope. What is your favorite Hunter Hunter arc? Because there's a lot of discourse in the Hunter Hunter fandom. Chimera. Okay, Chimera. thank you. That's what everybody yeah. says. Yeah, Chimera arc for sure. My, my sister's out here saying that the Kurapika arc, bro. That was um, a lot of driving Miriam, around and hostage situation. I was like, no, dude, Chimera uh, ants way better. What's up, Miriam? Miriam was like, he, he's almost, he's like the goat. Like, he's like the goat anime character for me. Because even, you know, how he even like his sense and the things that he talked about um, and the position that he was in and what ultimately came to pass, you know, being able to play and humble himself, um, even though he was who he was in front of this girl that he just, he couldn't beat, but he couldn't understand it until he started thinking about things. Yeah, Miriam is the, he's the goat for sure. What was the first? What was like your first anime that you got into? Like that you knew it was like I know a lot of people say DBZ, but like the first anime that you knew, like I'm watching anime, like I know what this is. You know what's crazy? It's um, it was Kiki's Delivery Service. Like watching that movie. That's a good. I like that one. That's a cute movie. That movie, like that movie, just kind of it was different. Like I had watched The Cronin Warriors. I had watched DBZ, but that showed me like a different side of anime. It didn't have to be all action. Like I was kind of like excited to see like what was about to happen. You know what I'm saying? Just to, just to kind of give me a, a different look at, at anime. And I, yeah, I think that was huge. My wife loves that one. Um, that was really good. But other than like DBZ, it was like for me, if you would consider like the Ronin Warriors in that sense, like that yeah. was like the first one that I was like, okay, this is getting crazy. And then Toonami, you know, big shout out to Toonami. Man. Shout that to kind of yeah, that, that really put me on it and just kept me in there. You, Hakusho, all time. It was that's just that's one, of my, that's one of my favorites. Classic. Gundam Wing. Uh, the, that's like, it. Gundam, oh Gundam Wing with Zero. Zero was... Love that. It was a man. You know, I was like, wow, this is nice. But yeah, all the... All the, the Rony Kenshin was another one I liked a lot, too. Kenshin's good. That Bebop was smooth. That would be They're talking about making the movie. I don't know. I don't know to be excited. Or, or I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into live-action adaptations. Not, uh, like, I'm just like... <laughs> It's fine the way it was. And like we're, I'm, I'm 27 and you're 28. Like, you know, we kind of grew up around the same time. So like the, the, the stuff that we came home to watch, you know, you were coming up to watch. So that's, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's dope. pretty cool. That's dope, man. Yeah. My man, sure. Alex, you had a question. What's your question? So going Dragic last night after the game, after, you know, Duncan Robinson came back to, you know, left to where he left off. He said that he's the best shooter in the league. Can you concur that Duncan Robinson is the best shooter in the league? Um... You know, it's crazy that I joke. I joke with Duncan about this. Uh, I talk to Duncan, Duncan about it every day. I, I honestly, I wanted him to post like a picture on Instagram, just being like, "Yo, just say something like, welcome back. Like, it's good to be back. Just something like you're one of the most talked about guys <laughs> on opening day." Um, but I mean, as far as being in the league right now, you know, I told him Steph Curry's at home. I play Thompson at home <laughs> right now. So oh! I told him. I mean. It, he can he, he's he can literally and he probably he hates this more than anybody he's so humble he hates it he, he hates it but i told him like you, you can really leave the game as one of the best shooters of all time you know you've come into a you're coming into the league where it's okay to shoot 13 threes a game and he wants to make every 13 like if he shoots 13 he expects to make all 13 um yeah, he's one of the he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. I think even for like the three point contest, he's probably way more nervous than anything. I think if he, you know, he's going to be had too much to expectations. It. There was yeah, a lot. It was just that, like it was just a lot for him. It was, it was a lot. lot for him. But in the next, I, I'm pretty sure if he does it again, 
um, the next two years, he's gonna he's gonna win it for sure. So I'm actually doing a piece. I'm I'm writing about Duncan and Bam and kind of the triple handoff sets and like how teams are defending it and stuff. So I was doing it's I was crazy. Doing, the points per possession. Gee, we were talking about it yesterday's you know, pod. Do you, do you want to guess how many points of possession you guys generate off of that action, which is a Bam Duncan dribble handoff? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I just I would I can't you give guys you a get guess. One one and a half points every time that that happens. Right. Right. So like you're you're almost guaranteeing it's like one point six or something like that. So you're basically guaranteeing yourself a score every time you guys run that action. For players that have shot at least eighty times off a dribble handoff, Duncan is ranked first in the league. Yeah. And I'm kind of watching how teams defend it, and it doesn't matter. So like if you're if you're coming under the screen, so if they start this action, if you guys do it at a horns or pistol, right? Guys come under the screen, done. If they go over the screen, Duncan as a pick and roll handler has been such an improved passer. He's whipping it out to the open shooter. So if you guys have somebody flare and kind of go to the go to the wing, he's hitting guys. He's hitting. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's it's insane. Like it's I'm, only gonna go up. I, I have I've I'm like kind of workshopping this piece. I'm almost done with it. I legitimately think that that is the best play in basketball right now. Cause if you look at what Harden's doing on a points per possession basis and kind of just like just from a, a mathematical efficiency standpoint and yeah. everything, that is the most sure thing in the sport. Not Giannis pick and roll not hard in isolation, what you guys are doing might like, that's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, it's, it's, um, it's, I mean, you know, it's a combination of two great players. If we're just being honest, you know, but putting them in a position in today's basketball era, you know, we're talking about bam, the guy that Swiss army knife, you know, what you, you get to a point where you're thinking like, what can't he do? Um, especially as a facilitator. And then you talk about Duncan, a guy that you don't, you rarely see just do catch and shoots. You know, we're never talking about when he's, he's on the move. He's doing this on the move. We saw, you know, you see it, in JJ Reddick, um, yep. you know, as he got, you know, as his career went on, you see it in Kyle Korver. Uh, these guys are um, some of the, you know, they pushed it forward. And even like the wide screens, being able to get a wide screen from almost half court, knowing that when he comes off, he's automatically a threat. You know, it, it's hard. It, it, period. I don't know how guys guard it. And that's a reason why our offense is the way it is. Period. Uh, we're a top 10 offensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Number you know, one three point shooting. Yeah. Number, and that goes, you know, a lot to Duncan. Duncan's shooting, you know, over 40. Like, it was one thing to shoot like three a game, four a game at 35%, 38%. We're talking about a guy that does it. And you know, like, that's when you go in the film. When you look at his name, you say, like, he's a three-point shooter. He's going to do it like this. You watch film, and then he goes out. He hits you in the freaking head um, right in the first five minutes. And it's kind of like, how many times do I have to tell you what this guy does? <laughs> and that's what makes him great is the fact that the, those that's what makes people great in this league, period. If you can even run him off the line. If you, if, if you run him off the line, he's just going to throw it to Bam. He's going to throw it to whoever. He's going to get another exactly, and it's it's what we've seen. I mean, it's what we've seen with Steph when they first started. Steph would, you know, you can run him off the line, but Steph is going to kick it, and he's going to continue to come off the other side and make you make plays. Because then, if somebody goes out and takes him, or two people go to dunk, mm-hmm. you have somebody. You have like somebody like DJ coming right down the middle is going to finish at the round. And he's great at ghost five. cutting too. I mean, that was something you guys did a lot, especially in the beginning of the season. Well, obviously, you weren't on the team, but. Still, it's like something that you guys also have in the back of your hand. I know that yeah. you you play with AD a lot, so like I mean, you're you know you're you seeing Bam how young he is, seeing seeing Duncan and playing with a great like AD like that's that must be pretty cool. Like to kind of see like okay, like we have this young superstar coming up. I've seen one of the best all time do it, and now I get to be with another guy who's up and coming. You know what's crazy is that it's, I was just talking about that with some of the training staff, not as far as AD, but. I've been on the team this year, um, and there's no disrespect to any of the other rookies out there. But when I think about the best rookies in the league, it's easier to, for any quick come to mind. I talk about, you know, Ja, K9, Brandon Clarkson, um, and Tyler Hero. And to be around those guys on both teams and they're finding success, I mean, a different pattern, but. I'm like, man, I'll get to be around. I'll get to be around Tyler and K9. You guys are a dynamic duo on their own. And then you have PC coming off the bench in Memphis with John leading away. It's like, man, you can just, and then you, like you said, I've been around AD. AD was just, a, he was chosen from 
college, like high school. Like this is just like he was just. And he was on the Olympic team, not even in his saying. rookie season. You know what's crazy is that <laughs> I was at LeBron James camp when he was working out with the USA team, and it was crazy just to see like this is a young college kid. Like he just won every award that you can possibly win uh, yeah. for a college player. He's about to go play with LeBron James, and I'm like, man, he's had a relationship with LeBron James since he was 18 years old. You know, so it doesn't. It's not crazy that he's playing with him now, but destiny. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just like you get to see. You know, that's why that's why I didn't compare like Bam, and it has nothing to do with like talent. Why yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy was just he was just already gonna be number one no matter what. I think it's really cool for Bam because you you probably have some people that doubted his ability to do what he's doing now. I don't think anybody was looking at the board and was just like, hey. Bam's going to be a facilitator. We take him. He's going to be one of our primary facilitators. You know, it was really, it's really cool to see yeah. Coach be innovative in that way of putting him in a position where, you know, he can score when he wants and he can also really set up an offense. Between him and Jimmy, it allows Duncan, Tyler, K9 to just go out there and, and, and have a relaxed game because those guys are going to, they're going to make sure everybody gets the ball scoring. He can go out there and just play his way. And it's really um, helped embrace our offensive firepower um, with this team. You know, looking at Spo teams, you know, you always know that the defense is going to be there, but the offense really surprised me this year, partly because of Duncan, partly because of Bam, and we're just we're happy. To, and by the way, you're listen, you're having, you're in the midst of your best shooting season. You're at thirty eight percent, right? Yeah, you're almost man, at that's look at crazy, you. right? At all, trying, trying. You know, just say it's, it's been it's been cool. Um, you know. Um, Coach is, coach is not a guy that's kind of like looking over your shoulder. If you, miss a, if you miss a shot or take a, you don't really necessarily have a bad shot because yeah. we're mature enough to know what's a good shot, what's not a good shot, what's something that you work on and what's something that you don't. And that's dope. You know, the only thing he expects of you is when we get on that defensive end to lock in, you know, when call the play, lock in. Um, and it's really cool. It's really one of the best feelings ever for a basketball player. Part why, you know, we're able to see Bam play the way he is or Duncan play the way he is because they have a coach that believes. My guy, thank you so much for your time, dude. This was awesome. You are the best. We look forward to seeing more of you on the court. Looking forward to seeing you yeah. against Utah. Open invitation on the pod if you Open ever want to come Open invitation, dude. Friend of the yeah, show. For sure, for Friend sure, of the show, sure. Solomon Hill. Sure. Going to DM thank you those you recommendations, man. man. Man, thank you for sure. I'll get on those tonight. I, I can put uh, One Piece on hold for sure. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> Bro, you'll so never much. finish one piece. Seriously, yeah, you never <laughs> finish it. Yeah. I think I'm going to just look up like fights. I'm just going to look up certain fights. Dude, that's up. what you do. Just go on YouTube, look up yeah. fights. You skip all the time. Yeah. You skip all AMVs. the fights. Yeah. AMVs. There you go. My guy, thanks so much. Take care.